discussions in the show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, Cambridge and ECM Group are not affiliated. Welcome to the ExitCoachRadio.com network and the Retirement Matters Radio Show, where you can hear cutting-edge ideas and strategies to help you plan ahead for your retirement years. Every week, we interview top advisors, authors, and business owners to help you plan with clarity and confidence. And now, here's your host, Buck Blanton. Well, good afternoon, everyone, and thank you, Spike, for that introduction again. It's always great. Uh, We're here today with... uh, Tim Hollinger of the Principal Financial Group as our first guest, and our second one will be Laura Carnes of Black Creek 401k. I wanted to let everyone know that our sponsors today are Exit Coach Radio, ECM Group, the Ultimate Business Owner, and Delta Business Services. I wanted to just say uh, it's been a great day already today. We're looking forward to having Tim Hollinger on the show. Tim, are you there with us? Uh, I'm here, Buck. Fantastic. I wanted to take just a minute or two and let everybody Uh, here in our listening audience who Tim is with and what his background is in the retirement side of our uh, show today. Thanks, Buck. I appreciate it. I'm the the vice president of sales for the North and Central Florida Retirement Plan Office for Principal Financial Group. So I work with various financial professionals that include advisors, employee benefits consultants, CPAs, and attorneys. And my role is to help the, those professionals match up their, their client's retirement plan needs with what Principal provides. A little bit of background on me. I, I began my career with Principal in, in 1998, and in addition to that, I'm a certified financial planner practitioner and a certified employee benefit specialist. And prior to doing that, uh, I was actually a uh, golf professional in a teaching capacity at a private club in the Jacksonville, Florida area, and did that for a number of years. Um, Got my degree from Florida State University in 1995, and uh, I'm originally from Chicago. Uh, I've got 30 of my 40 years have been spent in the Jacksonville, Florida area. Well, I think you've retained a little bit of your accent because you don't you don't draw too much. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that gives you kind of a unique perspective, Tim, as we talk about this, because your your clients are not necessarily direct with plan sponsors. You would more work with a, a broker or a rep that might be out talking to a plan sponsor. Would that be correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, and we, we talked and, and shared some information prior to the show, and I think that the topic that we wanted to talk about today was kind of like uh, finishing strong in working with retirement plan uh, representatives and sponsors uh, to try to help those employees do maybe a little bit better job of putting money away and, and not necessarily seeing the, the catastrophe that we talked to in the last couple of weeks with a couple of other guests to see that our employees in these type plans just aren't saving enough money. Yeah, we're, we're seeing a little bit of a shift and you know, just a little bit of background on principal's role in this uh, to your question a moment ago. Uh, principal's a global investment management leader and we provide retirement insurance and asset management solutions. And a good part of our focus is on small and medium-sized businesses, and my area, and specifically being the retirement plan area, uh, we provide those solutions in the form of 401k plans, 403b, defined benefit plans, employer stock ownership plans, 
uh, non-qualified deferred comps, uh, things like that. And what's interesting is we've seen kind of a, a movement with employers or plan sponsors, and it, it seems that they've become more interested in whether or not their participants can actually retire successfully. And their focus has been more on the outcomes, as you mentioned, you know, focused on changing their plan design to help boost the results and what the participants are actually seeing. Um, it's one thing to provide a retirement plan. It's quite another to ensure that employees actually have saved enough money that it's going to create an income for them that they can actually stop working. So I think a lot of plan sponsors understand the value of the retirement plan for attracting new talent, retaining key employees, but it seems increasingly they're more concerned about whether those employees that work for them are actually going to have enough money to retire. Um, About two-thirds of plan sponsors feel that they themselves have a personal obligation to prepare the employees for retirement. And the term in the industry uh, is, is known as retirement readiness. And it was actually ranked as the most important improvement that plan sponsors are, are trying to, to make in their retirement plans. So in the past, you know, as long as I've been in the industry, success was measured by you know, financial professionals and the employers and the service providers by looking at the plan's participation rate or what the average deferral rate for the employees was, what, you know, what level are they contributing to the plan. And that shifted, uh, and, and including principal's perspective, you know, we would argue that a successful plan is actually one that delivers participants to retirement, as you say, finishing strong, so that they're prepared with enough retirement savings that they can support their lifestyle the rest of their work, the rest of their life. And that's attributable, attributable to what kind of outcome or what kind of um, income are they going to actually generate from the savings that they've they've put together? And you know, the, the conversation has really got to continue to shift in that direction to get folks focused on that that income component of it. Well, Tim, I think for our listeners, let's let's go back and play a little bit of history because prior to probably the early '80s, the predominant retirement plan was a defined benefit plan, one that you knew what you were going to get out uh, at retirement, and and in the early '80s. The, the paradigm shift really went over to the deferral type plan, the defined contribution plan with the 401k component where it's it's based on their deferral rate. And then I think, you know, a lot of our, our background and history here might tell us that because we were so fortunate through the 80s to the uh, 2000s with great returns, we didn't really pay attention to this. Uh, and maybe in the early 2000s, and then definitely with 2008, and you know some sideways market movement in the last several years, this has come back into our our view again. When you when you go through that, um, what are some of the some of the issues or the solutions? Maybe let's go back to that because we talked about a couple of the issues uh, that principal really is out there talking about right now to try to help people get to these numbers that we want them to get to for retirement readiness. A good way to start is to kind of give you where we're at today, and I think your uh, reference to the traditional defined benefit plan is, is a really good one because it, you're right, it's almost a shift where the defined contribution 
plan is being changed to be more like a defined benefit plan where you're focusing on that, that monthly payment that you're going to receive when you're done working. Um, just some, some third-party statistics to paint a little bit of a picture of where we're at. Um, Employee Benefits Research Institute, or EBRI, uh, did a 2014 retirement confidence survey. 18% of workers in that survey said they were confident that they'll have enough money to live comfortably through retirement. And in 2013, 48% of American workers had less than $10,000 in retirement savings, and 70% said that they were behind in planning for retirement. So that should give you a pretty wow. good idea of you know, where folks, just from their own points of view, come from. Um, we did our own study. Principal Financial Group did their own study with, with Brightworks Partners, and it shed some additional light on the point of view of the employer. Um, 40% of employers that we surveyed were concerned that if employees can't retire with an adequate income, that they might try to keep working as, as long as they can, which you know makes sense if you think about it. Uh, five out of six employers expected that their employer paid health expenses and, and some of their other benefit costs would actually increase as a result of that with those folks sticking around for a lot longer than expected. And then about a third of employers, um, based on the survey, had already experienced some of the consequences of inadequate employee savings and, and the folks sticking around. So I wanted to take a couple of minutes and go through and talk about that health issue that you raised a minute ago, because sure. I don't think people are really aware of that in relation to retirement. Okay. Well, I think if you just kind of walk through a scenario, excuse me, and this is an example we use, you know, if you've got a number of participants that, uh, you know, are around 60 years old, for example, and you take those statistics that we just said in terms of how much money people have saved for retirement and their readiness, and they look at it and they think, well, I'm going to work for another three or four years, and then they start doing the math and they realize, wait a minute, I don't have the money to do that. Well, what's the natural tendency? Well, then to continue to work. And so if that happens and you've got folks working into their late 60s, early 70s, nothing wrong with that. But what's the cost implication to the employer, you know, to have those folks as part of the, the health and welfare programs that the employer, their productivity and those types of things? Um, I think those are, those are opportunities for employers to really look at that. And, you know, those outcomes could actually get them to refocus on, as opposed to just offering the plan, um, having the plan work and, and actually reach some of the goals and giving those folks an opportunity to leave when they're ready to leave. And, and we may not have the, the potential funding that we think we're going to have for Medicare or Medicaid. And if the Affordable Care Act stays as it is and prices keep going up, that just adds to the problem, doesn't it? Uh, it does. I think that, that the challenge a lot of times is folks trying to estimate what their needs are going to be. And obviously nobody really knows for sure. Um, the target uh, that principal uses in, in some of our uh, benchmark studies is 85%. Uh, so 85% represents what percentage of your income um, pre-retirement do you need as your income after retirement. Now, you know, folks can argue for a lot on either side of those, but that's that's from our own studies a number that we've we've based um, you know a lot of our benchmarks on for folks to really try to accomplish. And, um, you know, uh, that, that's a tall number for a lot of folks. 
Agreed. Agreed. In in regard to that, Tim, when we look at this process, uh, I know when you say 85%, I would tell you that probably five to 10 years ago, a lot of people were saying that number that you might want to target is 70%. So I think that's really good that, that you're being more realistic and you're giving us uh, a number that might include some of those health issues and some of the things that, that we might not have made up in these last five to 10 years. Uh, there's another another number of factors that go into that. And I think everybody's pretty familiar with the, the costs for medicine and health care and prescriptions, as well as longevity. Um, you know, people are living longer. So those are monthly incomes that have to last longer than they had uh, a number of years ago in, in the general sense. Well, Tim, if you can, give us, give us maybe a success story that you've seen recently that, that you in principle have been able to enact this kind of process with an employer or one that that you might have seen some issues with a plan that principal came in and actually cleaned up some of those issues and, and put these people on the right track? Sure. Um, you know, the, the goal is, is trying to automate the plan. So um, trying to solve for some of these issues would be automatically enrolling folks, um, increasing their contributions for them automatically each year up until a, a predetermined cap. Um, and, and stretching the employer match so that participants have to put more contributions in to receive the same level of match, you know, to encourage them to, you know, get that contribution rate up. And we had a, uh, a regional construction firm that was really focused on addressing two key concerns. Number one is they felt that their employees weren't on track for retirement and that the plan itself was really not driving the outcomes for either the employee but also for the employer themselves. Um, when we measured it, about 1% of the employees were on track to hit that, you know, that 85% replacement ratio, if you will. And the client was actually alarmed uh, at what they saw once they actually measured it. And they wanted to encourage their folks to, to save better uh, within the workforce. And in addition, the thing that we just talked about with um, some of the health care concerns and longevity risk, you know, the client, what they really wanted to do was include automatic enrollment and discretionary matching um, to get their folks on a better track. And when they implemented the plan, we, we refer to it as principal plan works with automating the retirement plan and using those features, um, they had a pretty significant increase um, and getting their folks to what they were targeting as a 10% deferral target for each of their participants. So the results were Without that the employer money, right? Correct. Yep. Just on their own. Okay. Saving that money. And participation went up 10 percentage points from 85% to 95%. Uh, the average deferral rate went from 75 to 8.4%. And the average account balance increased approximately $12,000. So just by making the plan design changes and then educating the folks on how those work, it moved the needle. It provided some of those increases that the employer was looking for. That's excellent. Uh, Tim, if you would, uh, to close out today, tell us a, maybe a tip or two that if we had some brokers listening or plan sponsors, what, what kind of things they should look at in the next three to six months, uh, and, and probably look to maybe make some improvements on their plan, what should they be looking at? Uh, I, I think the key is what we just focused on is to simply put it, automate the retirement plan, whether it's if 
you know, folks that they're talking to or it's their existing clients that they're looking at, uh, the economics have, have really got to change. And it does take a a strong conversation with the employers because they, they need the encouragement. It's different. It's a change. Um, but looking at automatically enrolling participants, automatically increasing those contributions, making them stretch a little bit more to get the same matching dollars, um, those are those are key things that that you know, advisors, financial professionals can work on with their clients to help improve the economics for for participants um, and get them on a, on a better path. Tim, if you could, uh, please give everybody your contact information so that we can make sure that uh, brokers, plan sponsors, anybody that would like to talk to you further about the things we kind of covered today, that they can get to you. Absolutely. Uh, Principal has more than 40 retirement plan offices, just like mine around the country. Um, you can find the local one through our website, which is principal.com, and the phone number is 800-547-7754. And for North and Central Florida, uh, our number is 888-235-8383. And you can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter as well, at T.S. Hollinger. Excellent. We'll, uh, we'll go out and look at uh, Tim for his Twitter. He'll, he'll give you some information about the principal financial group and their retirement plan side and also about the, the Seminoles, who we were lucky to get away with one this weekend, weren't we? Grateful for that, yes. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you, Tim. We've been talking with Tim Hollinger of the principal financial group. We're going to take a break, and we'll be right back with Laura Carnes of Black Creek 401k. ECM Group is the home of fiduciary coaching. Webster's Dictionary says a coach is one who instructs or trains. At ECM Group, we instruct and train 401k plan fiduciaries to understand their role and responsibilities in guiding their corporate retirement plan. If you are like most business owners or executives, you need to run your business or do your job full time. And 401k fiduciary compliance just isn't your day-to-day skill set. Let the prudent experts at ECM Group coach you through the 401k minefield of fiduciary compliance. For information, contact Buck Blanton at 904-955-0853. That's 904-955-0853. You've been listening to The Retirement Matters Show with Buck Blanton on the ExitCoachRadio.com network where we upload new one-minute tips and 20-minute interviews every day from our expert host on a wide variety of topics. And if you're on the go, you can listen from your smartphone. Just type in ExitCoachRadio.com on your mobile browser. Come listen for a minute for ExitCoachRadio.com. I'm Spike Reel saying so long for now. Discussions in the show should not be construed as specific recommendations or investment advice. Always consult with your investment professional before making important investment decisions. Securities offered through Cambridge Investment Research, a registered broker-dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, Investment Advisor Representative, Cambridge Investment Research Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, Cambridge and ECM Group are not affiliated.